Look at us being all podcasty and shit. Yeah. Which sucks, because the further and further we go on this, the more I learn how exactly retarded we are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Welcome to Whatever Show, episode 13. Um, actually, we have so much stuff to talk about, I don't think I'm going to list it. Yeah. I think we're no, just going to talk about stuff. There's Superman in there, we got some new Deadpool stuff, we've got Star Wars, uh, yeah, just hit the show notes up, you'll see the whole detailed listing, and we're going to talk about it for like the next hour and a half or so, so pay attention. Yay! Yay. Alright, I'm Matt. Eddie. So... This week, this week, this week, does everybody have their free copy of Windows 10? They must, because Microsoft still hasn't told me mine's ready. I had we, to, I had to force it. We were talking about this a little bit beforehand, and this is simultaneously one of the best and worst upgrades I've ever done. Um, so on my main desktop machine, the upgrade me icon totally disappeared, was not to be found. So I downloaded the media creation tool thingy, which you can go find. And uh, what it's meant to, meant to be is a uh, mechanism so you can download an ISO and do a clean install and all that jazz and so on. It totally failed for me, and I got the infamous something happened error, which you can also Google. There's a lot of funny shit on that. Um, did that over and over and again. I cleared some space off my hard drive. I'm guessing that was probably what the problem was, because once I cleared some space off my hard drive, I upgraded just fine. And then I've done two laptops since, and it was brilliant. And this is probably the most shocking thing for me about any Windows upgrade I've ever done. A, I almost never, never, ever, ever upgrade in place. I think every Windows install previous to this one, I clean it and install. This one I was like, well, I got a podcast to edit sometime this week, so I don't want to deal with that shit right now. Um, so I upgraded in place, but I was shocked and amazed to find that it actually ran better still than Windows 8 8.1 did for me. This is the first upgrade that I've actually done since upgrading to XP from ME. Wow, yeah. Everything else has been a clean install since then. That fits. Like, in, in especially previous to, um, I'd say 8.1, um, yeah, I know I did it for Windows 7, I know I did it for Windows Vista, I know I did it for XP. Um, just, like, every six months on routine, reformat, reinstall, download all my shit again. Yeah. It gets easier as time goes by, because now it's like, I sign into, like, five or ten services, and everything is basically just there for the most part, but... Yeah, and there's tools out there that that help do a lot cleaner job now. Paragon uh, is a is a neat tool that helps you copy and clone an OS from one drive to another. Yeah, pretty fabulously actually. And in fact, um, it, if your drive is big enough, if you have two drives and you're just copying from one to the other, so you can kind of start over. Um, it's really nice because it actually it doesn't fuck with your activation. That's cool. And um, you can you can actually pick and choose what you want. To copy over. So if you just want to copy over the OS without any of your other uh, otherwise installed um, programs, you just don't select those. Copy it over. Um, it does copy everything over like to the T. So it, even though you're not copying the program folders, the registry entries are still there. So you basically have to go through and run like CCleaner on the registry or something. So it fixes all the registry issues that are in there after you're done. So that's uh, pretty cool. Like the last time I think I did a clean install was when I upgraded to an SSD, which uh, by the way, if you haven't upgraded to an SSD, like you owe it to yourself too. Like 
pretty much every computer ever nowadays needs an SSD. I have a 500 gig SSD as my secondary hard drive. <laughs> no, see, I'm still like a plebe. I upgraded to a 120 um, a few years ago, and that's why I was running into problems with um, storage space um, for this install. But that was the last time I think I did a clean install, and I never actually heard of Paragon before, so you're going to have to stick a show notes link or something. I will. I'll do that. Go check that out when we get done. But yeah, overall, pretty impressed. I will. I will actually um, post the Paragon link as, as well as a couple other maybe helpful hints as far upgrading. as yeah, or cloning OSs, things like yeah. that. Um, my SSD is actually so I have a 500 gig that's my secondary at this point. It's actually running Windows 8.1 because when I did the upgrade to 10, uh, I copied my hard drive over mm-hmm. and then used that to upgrade. So I still have my original install at 8.1 with all my software Which, and all that kind of if stuff. If you've got space, I would absolutely recommend I've done that in a couple of cases, um, especially when it's like, I don't know if I'm going to have time to deal with any of the problems that arise from this. Yeah, I'm actually running a Plexter PCIe 256 gig. Oh, you bastard. M2. It's really nice. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> It's really nice. Um, he's even more jealous, too, because I also just upgraded myself to a uh, QNAP Pro NAS. Yeah, so. I uh, actually started messing that with today. He sh- sent me a share link earlier, and I tried to log in, and I totally failed. So That's because I haven't set up a guest login yet. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, Figured I did send you the link, though, because yeah. I wanted you to know you're on it, but... Um, Figured when we record shows here and then I upload them, it might be easier just to put them Drop on the Drop them on there, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, otherwise, um, we just basically up- upload them to OneDrive, which I guess Microsoft should probably sponsor the show or something like that. Yeah, because yeah. we use OneDrive for... And now we're talking about Windows 10 for the first time. Windows 10. What but, do we, we talked about the compute stick last time, which I guess yeah. isn't entirely Windows, but Jesus yeah. Christ. The, uh, Somebody should give us money for this. So, what do you think... Uh, Windows 10. What do you think of Windows 10 overall? Dude, I really like it, other than the fact that and there are others out there that have had this problem, so I know I'm not the only one, and um, it hasn't happened since the first time it happened, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a pretty decent video card, and mm-hmm. I say pretty decent because it's nowhere near like top specs anymore. It's but not like a Titan that's $800 no, or something. No. But it's an NVIDIA, and it it's fine. The, the video card itself is fine, and I've always had really good luck with it. In fact, it's the first NVIDIA one that I've used. I've always been an AMD guy until this this last build, yeah. and I went with NVIDIA, and it's been great. Windows, though, since the upgrade to Windows 10, has decided to take upon itself to upgrade my video drivers without any user input. Don't like it. I was reading, My video drivers are my drivers. I was reading that same uh, form piece the other day. Um about exactly that issue like okay i get why we could have you know security updates automatically i get why we have os updates automatically but don't touch my drivers because you just basically break shit yeah so yeah yeah and even if it doesn't break shit a lot of the time if it doesn't if, if it doesn't install and it can't do like an upgrade from one version to the next it'll do a clean install and then i have to go through and do my fucking drivers or like set my settings up again and all that oh kind of i know stuff. I, I hate that it. especially um we were talking about this before the show too i use multi-monitors so every time i do an uh, uh, upgrade on my um drivers uh i usually have to reset up all the multi-monitor bullshit which doesn't take very long i mean it's probably a whole you know three minute activity but especially when i'm in the middle of actually doing something which doesn't happen incredibly often but you know occasionally you know I want to actually use my computer without actually dicking around with the whole behind-the-scenes crap. So Yeah. Aside from that, though, um, my experience with it has been positive overall. That was the one the one hiccup. I love having a start menu back. 
Um, the live tiles in the start menu are actually kind of an added bonus because as much as I hated the full screen of live tiles, I do like the fact that I can customize that tile screen that's on the side and put, you know, my most used programs right there. And for anything else, I've still got my start menu that I can scroll through and access anything I want. Yeah. Um, I've been saying this, well, for the last, you know, three whole days at least. Um, Windows 10, I think, is probably really what Windows 8 should have been. Like, uh, first off, it's a little bit more self-aware than Windows 8 in that it understands that not everybody is going to immediately switch to a tablet. And, and needs all of this tablet GUI related things. Um, you don't really have to access all of the, you know, weird gestures, charms, bar type of bullshit that was in Windows 8.1 um, when you're not on a tablet interface. Uh, and it gets a lot cleaner as far as visuals go. Like, I think maybe that somewhere around the middle of Windows 8's development, uh, um, they must have hired a designer. Like, because you can feel it. Like, in the OS, the OS seems a lot more coherent. Although there are some still annoyances, like I, it drives me nuts that I can't set the title bar color on my windows and that you can't tell which window is active via any sort of color or shading anymore. At least I can't, or maybe it's subtle, but yeah, I'm I haven't, I haven't played around with too much of that stuff. Um, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, this is, this is kind of the weirdest, uh, version of windows I've ever seen because of the fact that there hasn't been things that I, I mean, aside from the video driver thing, there hasn't been like a hundred other little things that I've picked out that yeah. I hated about it. Um, I think you're right. I think somewhere along the line, somebody did come in with, with kind of an overall design overhaul, so yeah. to speak. Um, the one thing that I noticed about it too, cause I've been, I've been running windows 10 for a long time. I'm um, using the technical preview builds and stuff and, and I've upgraded to each new build as it came out. This is pretty similar to the final build, not not the release build, but the one immediately before that, mm -hmm. but still a lot different. Um, I mean, and when I say a lot different, I mean smoother. Um, it doesn't seem as buggy, which, I mean, obviously I understand I was using a technical build and stuff, but I mean, from where Windows 10 started to where we're at now, night and day. Yeah. So, um, overall, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Microsoft a kudos on this one. Um, and, you know, hopefully Windows 11 or Windows Cloud or whatever the fuck it's going to be doesn't... <laughs> doesn't make me regret a, giving them kudos. There's a great picture, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense because it's Bill Gates, and Bill Gates hasn't had any day-to-day -day involvement with Microsoft for at least five years and any real, you know, uh, involvement for Microsoft for I like still 10. still his checks, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Or somebody does it for him. But uh, it, it's uh, Bill Gates standing there going, how to count? One, two, three, 3.1, NT, XP, and uh, Windows for work groups, etc., and so on. Um, <laughs> nine, or no, eight, ten... And then here we are. So eight point one. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. I don't think I could count by gates math. So uh, man, he's not gonna, using a base ten system. That's for sure. Yeah, we're gonna turn this into a tech podcast a little bit, but this I think is sort of indicative of a better direction for Microsoft as a whole. I mean, Microsoft is I don't want to say floundering, but they're having their share of pain. I think recently with the whole shift to mobile and them really getting way late into the game with Windows uh, Mobile. Windows, what the hell are they calling it? Windows Phone, whatever. It started off Windows Phone 7. Yeah, but it's just Windows 8 now. Is it just Windows, Windows 8? Windows 8. I always get confused. I think mobile is still going to be Windows 10 as well. Yeah. Um, but anyway, they've gotten really late into the game there, and they're getting their lunch eaten by Android. I mean, nowadays, if you watch a commercial, it says um, apps available for iOS or Android, and nobody even thinks about Windows 10 or, or BlackBerry anymore. Honestly, since I hate the Apple business model so much... And I'm frustrated 
like nobody's fucking business with Android and its fragmentation these days, which I understand Lollipop was supposed to make better. It didn't. Um, I would buy a Windows mobile phone if it wasn't for the fact that there's zero app support. See, um, we did that actually. Um, right after, somewhere after the launch of Windows 7, we bought my wife a Windows Phone 7 um, because at the time she was on T-Mobile and uh, she wasn't really into Android and I wasn't really keen on recommending Android because there's still a lot of things that are absolutely broken about Android. Like if you want to talk about malware, for example, and don't get me wrong, I'm not like the world is falling or the sky is falling, Android's doomed because they're full of malware every five seconds, but it, it predominantly exists on Android at this point to the fact that it does not really practically exist outside anywhere else in uh, mobile operating systems. And there's a lot of other little, you know, picky things. Like, I, I'm definitely picky about the interface, and there's a lot of things that Android got wrong about the interface. Like, how we're still... The the interface on Android is still laggy when you compare it to Windows Mobile or iOS. You know, we're talking about iOS from 2007, not iOS from today. Um, so we went... My, we got my wife a Windows Mobile uh, Phone 7 thing, um, and it was really good, except for she could never get anything outside of the like the top five apps. Like Twitter's fine, Facebook fine, Netflix fine. Anything else though? I mean, get bent. Like it's which, just not going to happen. Which phone did you get her? Oh god, I don't even remember. I want to say it was a Radar. Which again, it, T-Mobile. We're talking probably four or five years ago now. Um, we're both we both use iPhones now, and I still. Um, I get why a lot of people don't like Apple because one of the frequent things that I run into Apple is sort of its own uh, head up its ass thing, which is like I jailbreak every iPhone I have. And when I jailbreak every iPhone I have, everything basically works out the way I want it to. But, you know, there's still an aspect of Android's customization that I desperately miss being a, a you know, nerd who likes to mess around with shit. Yeah. Um, I've honestly, it's, it's weird because I, I went to this place where my smartphone was basically what I did everything on. Yeah. And now I'm kind of back to a place where I would much rather sit down at my desktop because, um, especially with the show and trying to coordinate social media with the show and stuff like that, it's oh, so God. much easier if I yeah. can sit down and throw up tweet deck for, you know, Twitter stuff and fuck if I ever figure out how to link the Facebook account with the Twitter <laughs> account, it'd be great. Um, so, you know, if you're listening and you know how to do that, by yeah. all means, I feel the same. Like, predominantly, I think I do most of my computing these days on some sort of mobile thing. Like, most of the time, it's an iPhone. A lot of the time, it's an iPad. Like, I'm holding an iPad right now, and that's basically what I look at show notes on and open links and shit like that. Um, at least in no small part because it's quiet. Like, there's no key clack and so on. But um, And that's what I carry to work because it's really easy for answering email and doing calendars and shit like that. But, yeah, anytime I want to do anything slightly more complicated, I still find myself, like, absolutely yearning. For a real keyboard, real computer experience. I guess we're old. Yeah. 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 Me more than you, probably, but... Yeah, it's definitely you more than me. You're grayer than I am, though, so I'm yeah. going to keep playing that up as long as I can. Yeah, probably. I'm sure that's going to get better as time goes by. <laughs> well, I'll just lose my hair, and then you'll still be gray. <laughs> um, uh, we, and then we'll be sitting all back in... Like, it'll be that episode in... Uh, um, or not that episode. It'll be that scene from Back to the Future... Oh, you have to use your hands? What is this, for babies? This is a baby's game. All right, ah. so we get into the actual show? 
We should. Um, I think Windows 10 coming out, though, definitely needed to be addressed. And uh, overall, Microsoft, I think uh, you're, you're doing good things. Don't stop, please. Yeah, there's a lot of things that, like, especially because this, this probably matters not at all to a lot of nerdy people, or, or a lot of not nerdy people, but, like, they're announcing support for, you know, uh, copy and paste in, in the, the uh, uh, commands. I'm getting distracted because Matt's shooting Lou with the... Uh, um, Dart gun right now because she's being pain in the ass. Nerf darts. Yeah, nerf, nerf darts. darts. We're good. Don't call the ASPCA. Um, but like things like them having proper support for copy and paste, and things like them actually adding SSH into PowerShell. Which God, why has it taken this long to get SSH? Um, modern window management features like this is something that's driven me nuts. Like I remember Windows Vista being really pissed off that there wasn't any decent way to manage Windows. Uh, um, especially because at the time I was experimenting pretty heavily with like uh, Linux and Barrel and Ubuntu and so on and so forth. Um, that sounds like a weird, you know, like it was college. I, I think I, was doing. I think I you just with it. Yeah. were speaking some kind of foreign language for a minute. Anyway, anyway, there's a um, God. What was the other thing? Mono, uh, not Mono. What's the Mono project? It's based off of .NET. .NET. They've actually got some .NET port I think coming to Linux pretty soon. Um, and all kinds of other neat shit like that. Like, uh, Microsoft seems to be acknowledging the fact that they're not the only computing platform. This is another really just oddball. Like, I was shocked almost to see it on the thing. There is, um, when you install Windows 10, you get an option, or maybe it's just on there by default. It's called the Windows 10 compan phone companion app or something like that. And it'll help you set up all these different Microsoft services on whatever mobile device you use. Which is very different from previous Microsoft, because previous Microsoft would have just pretended like... Like those... Windows Mobile was the only mobile platform out there. Yeah, it would have been like, well, if you use Windows Mobile 10, uh, then you can set it up here. And if you don't, then you must not have a smartphone, because no other smartphone exists, you know? Yeah, that was kind of the old Active Sync Active Sync, um, which actually... And then they changed it to Windows Mobile Center. Active Sync wasn't the worst thing they've ever done, but it wasn't good either. Oh, it was. It was well. I mean, it's just so much about um, so much. Windows about Vista obviously is the worst thing they ever did. But. Oh, go back to ME, dude. Go back to ME, as in uh, Millennium. Yeah, as in maybe we'll boot, maybe not. Oh, I we'll liked see. it better than ninety-eight. Maybe crash? No. Well, that's true. Ninety-eight and ME were probably the height of just like. There's no reliability. Like, that That was when Microsoft started becoming the butt of jokes as far as uptime went. Well, and I actually like 2000 a little bit better because 2000 supported NT and ME still didn't. ME well, was 2000, I think, um, was the more stable product. Like, 2000 is basically XP. Uh, XP is basically skinned 2000 for the most part. Yeah, and um, it, was, it was the pro version at the time, too. Yeah. So... So anyway, um, it's nice to see Microsoft sort of getting its head out of its ass and uh, acknowledging the rest of the world because the rest of the world is quickly passing them by and they're not getting their head out of their asses. Why that's happened, like, um, you know, go back and look at Balmer's comments regarding the iPhone in 2006 and you start to see why we're at where we're at now. Yeah. Um, I, the, the one thing that Jobs did very well was when he said this is what's going to happen with this product they made it happen for the most part like and and here's the thing man like i've been pissed off at apple for a really long time and it mostly started with the iphone 4 and it really really comes down to the fact that they knew it had that defect where if you held it in your left hand it didn't work no see okay 
and we're going to get into a debate here, be, or a little bit of a uh, kerfuffle, because this has happened with basically every single iPhone since the launch. There's always been some gigantic overblown thing. I've had most of these iPhones and not experienced these problems, like, well, and realize that I'm one one anecdotal point. Here's here's the point where I was getting to though with that, and that is, well, that's a really shitty thing to do, and. And I'm just going to dig my point in a little bit more by saying they had the bumpers ready to give to people upon complaint, which means they knew it. They knew it was there. Um, go, no, go back. Go back. <laughs> go read some of the shit on this. They were not planning at all anything like that. That was like a scramble maneuver because they were taking so much shit in the press. Okay, but it didn't take long to do it. So well, no, that's, I mean, that, and that's, they're, that's, that's they're where 29 cents. At. See, like, this is the thing that pisses me off with, at Apple. You went and bought that bumper on your own. It was $29 or something like that. You could immediately go to Amazon, like, within three days and buy the knockoff for, like, 19 cents because it only cost, costs, like, 9 cents to manufacture. And then they ended up giving the shit out for free anyway. Yeah, but that that's, like, when you talk about Apple and things that drive me nuts about Apple, it generally becomes um, the same sorts of things that I just criticize Microsoft for, like, pretending, like, one of the absolute biggest aggravations for me is iMessage, yeah. which I actually love iMessage, except for the fact that I predominantly do not use a Mac as my main computer, or really at all at this point. My, my last Mac died, and I haven't replaced it because I haven't really had a need for a mobile device in my home computer as a PC because I want to play games and shit like that, so... Can't use iMessage on that same thing, so I have to jailbreak to actually be able to send a text message from my desktop because, again, Apple pretends that they're the only operating system ex that exists, and why, you know, why give anything to Windows? Yeah, as so if the predominant amount of their users aren't using the Windows point that I was getting at though with that is, is is that as long as I've been pissed off about Apple for that, like there's a lot of companies out there that are doing way shittier things now. Samsung's one of them. Oh Samsung's God, ridiculous. Yeah. They put a new, they I mean literally they they don't even really change the 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 next Samsung Galaxy phone from the previous version a lot and then they charge you 200 bucks for it the next year on contract. I was uh for a while I was really drinking the Apple Kool-Aid and I would have said a lot of dumb shit about Android um which I've not anymore and this is another good symptom of getting older is that all of a sudden everything moderates itself a little bit. Um, so you don't really get to be as much of a fanboy on any particular side. There's a lot of redeeming qualities about Android, but Samsung is absolutely not the manufacturer I would recommend getting if you're planning on going the Android route. Actually, one of the ones that I would have said, I believe, is the one you have. Is that the M7 or the M8? This is the M7. Yeah, so um, HTC is a really good Android manufacturer and, generally speaking, you know, supports the product reasonably well. Ultimately, I'd probably recommend going with a Nexus. Even though um, one of the common criticisms of the Nexus lineup is that they're a little behind in turn, in terms of hardware, I I don't know about I I don't even know if you could really make that argument though. The Nexus Six, the only thing I have that, that I really really am unsure about is the fact that it's a Motorola product. But yeah. Google owns Motorola now, so I don't even know you know, what, what the divide is. And previously, that wasn't incredibly different either. Like Nexus has always been manufactured by someone else. Yeah, Nexus is. I mean this. But, I mean, just once you reduce the overhead of cruft that every other manufacturer decides to cram on the top of... Like, this is another thing that uh, I highly encourage if you have any amount of time at all. If you're going to install Windows 10 or you're going to upgrade to Windows 10 on, you know, say your laptop or whatever, do it clean because your laptop probably came with so much shit on it, you're going to experience, like, a night and day difference between how it runs. Like, this is the other thing. Um, my wife, when we bought her laptop, we immediately wiped it and reinstalled Windows 8. So we got, you know, a half-decent machine. And then my kids must have hit the one-key recovery or something like that. <laughs> which is the worst fucking button that's ever been put on a computer, I swear. 
one key recovery basically just wipes everything and resets you back to factory. I usually delete the recovery partition so it doesn't do anything. Yeah, I did this time. I, I obviously fucked up on the last one, but I did this time. But uh, the factory, oh my god, it was amazing how just absolute... Um, the absolute amount of bullshit you had to go through just to do any sort of basic task and how much overhead, like how much it was sucking out of the system. There are certain brands that are better than others. Asus is a really, really yeah, good that's brand. That's what's sad to me is that my go-to, if you would have said, you know, I want first off, if you would have said a laptop, I'd still today say go buy Apple because Apple makes the best laptops, in my opinion. Don't hate, write hate mail. If you do, send it to Matt. I would order every desk. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but my second bet would have been you buy a Lenovo and that's what our laptops are, of course, our Lenovo and God, they're pieces of shit. Like, I guess maybe we should have just stuck with the ThinkPad series, but that's that's sort of one of the things Asus, that I hate. Man. I like the Asus ones. Asus, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they make they make less. They have amazing gaming laptops, of course, but they are st- like they're really finding their niche in the um, you know middle to lower end you know budget like, laptops as well yeah so. i've seen a lot like i think aces makes up um a lot of chromebooks and stuff like that but quite honestly i'd, I'd been away from pc laptops and stuff like that long enough that i kind of lost it and so I, I just said you know it's lenovo we'll go with that this looks like a decent machine i compared specs for a while but now nah, I've, I've been pretty disappointed with the quality of lenovo lately if if asus would actually come out with a decent series of and, and I'm, I'm sure they could and i'm not saying they're not but like an actual business line with universal docs, I would replace all of my laptops at work Yeah, with Asus just because of the fact that they're solid. Cool. Very solid. Anyway. Um, I think about 15 minutes ago, we were going to start the show. Yeah. And now we're going to need another beer. Yep. So. <laughs> um, so why don't we get into the actual body of the show? I think uh, we've covered windows 10 and, yeah, let's talk about Superman. The pitfalls of Apple versus Android or vice versa. <laughs> so, um, let's Eddie's gonna Eddie's gonna tell us how to make a Superman game that doesn't suck now. Well, I'm not gonna go too in depth. Um, there's an article in the show notes we put in that it's basically just says ten ways not to make or to make a Superman game that doesn't suck, uh, which I've been begging for for basically forever since pre Superman sixty four, otherwise known as the worst game that's ever been made. Um, you obviously never played Superman for the Atari 2600. Well, maybe it's just like a curse of Superman games then to be super shitty, but uh, there's lots of interesting ways you could make a Superman game that's not terrible. Um, they, they go on about different game mechanics you could use in the game. Uh, a big part of it, this this is one that I just kind of said, hey man, hallelujah, and clapped and you know threw my hands up and stuff like that for. Um, but they talked about how it really, really has to be an open world and flying really needs to be a big part of the game. In the same way that when you play a Spider-Man game, um, it's got to have, you know, that delicious, you, lovely web You have sling. to be able to swing through New York or yeah, whatever. The, web, the web swing feeling is like half of why you play that game, which I will, again, I totally agree with. And that's why my favorite Spider-Man game to this day remains Spider-Man 2, otherwise known as the only decent movie adaptation game I think I've ever played. Uh, I don't know if I ever played it. I will tell you, though, that one of the things that I really enjoy about Arkham City is the open environment and being able to, you know, swing around through the city and, that, and, and not swing necessarily. But, I mean, yeah, he's got the grapple and all that. But That is an example, actually, in the in this article that they talk about, like, one of the big things that's awesome about being Batman in Arkham, any of the Arkham games, especially Arkham City on 
is just that. You get this big, gigantic open world in which you can go do shit like Batman would, which feels totally cool. Um, and I hear that just even improves in Arkham City, assuming your machine can actually play it and it's, you're not Arkham using Knight. the uh, gigantic broken PC port. Yeah. What did I say? Arkham City. God damn it. Um, we've loaded a dart gun for all of my little um, speech mishaps here, so hopefully I'll get better. Either that or I'm going to just have welts everywhere from the darts. Um, but yeah, there's lots of different ways you can make a, bat, or a Superman game that doesn't suck. The most common argument I hear that's completely wrong is that, well, Superman's nigh-on invulnerable, so you can't do any damage to him. But, like, go read a comic book, for Christ's sake, because Superman gets his ass kicked all the time. The thing is, you have to find him a foe bad enough to actually do that. Doomsday. Exactly. Doomsday didn't even have anything to do with fucking Kryptonite. He just beat his ass. Yep. And then there's, um interesting mechanics that you can introduce based on that. Let's take, for example, the whole uh, Man of Steel movie. If you were going to convert that to a video game, I would say, you know, Superman and Zod are pretty much on equal footing as far as power goes. Zod can kick the shit out of Superman. Um, but Superman seems to hold his own, except for they brought down half of fucking Metropolis. Like, make that a mechanic in the game. Make the city's health a mechanic in the game, and then go from there. Like, there's a dozen ways... Um, the article only was 10, sorry, the last two are exercises for the reader, but there are dozens of ways that you could make a decent Superman game that doesn't suck. So, you think that's you my do it, on that. Can you, can you make a flying character using the Unreal engine? God, I don't know. No clue. Yeah. I mean, Unreal's been used for basically everything else ever, so I wouldn't entirely surprise I mean, my, my main What's experience a, with it is like Arkham and stuff like that. That's so. what I was just going to say. Isn't Arkham based on Unreal? Yeah. Yeah, so I... I would think it wouldn't be a Far Cry. Yeah. What's Far Cry based on? I don't know. I was just saying. <laughs> Goddamn puns. All right. Um, so anyway, uh, other Superman quasi news. We have a rumor about Tom Welling appearing in The Flash. Um, this is what I would call a don't hold my breath rumor, but uh, I wanted to bring this up because Matt, being a big fan of the Smallville series, I thought might have some thoughts on this. I do. I do. Um, a, I'm really, really excited at the possibility that it might happen. Um, just because I thought Tom Welling did such a good job as uh, young Clark, uh, slightly older Clark. I want to see Welling rocking the full fucking cape and flying around and being badass. Well, you can if you ever finish the series. I know, but I mean, I want to see it like, like... I know, I know. More than just like the last ten minutes of the series finale. I right. get it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's one of the reasons why I'd kind of like to see it, because the rumor as it stands now is he would be reprising his role as Superman. Yep. Um, if, if it happens. And now some negative things on it. So, and, and these aren't really too negative if you allow yourself to be taken away from reality and, and put yourself in a, in a position where you're watching a, a TV show and enjoying it for what it is. But. Which we're nerds. We're not going to do that, so. The two things that I don't see meshing well are The Flash is a spinoff from Arrow. And Arrow is a far cry from the Justin Hartley Green Arrow that we saw in Smallville. See, I actually really want to see that, because I think it's a five-second joke in the show that would be super hilarious for the fans. Like, and then did you get your haircut like, or something? You know, yeah, something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, uh, new outfit? Yeah. Don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Hold on. If, well, and this Oliver Queen has had, like, six outfits. Yeah. So, I mean, whatever. Just changed this one last week. Yeah. Um, and then that's the other thing too is there was there was a representation of the Flash as well um, the, within Smallville that wasn't Grant Gustin, and so 
those are really the only two, and they're not even really continuity gaps. Just, yeah, maybe. I mean, you can maybe. I mean, the whole that, thing, but... the whole thing, I think would be a little bit of a fan service move, but I'm a fan. I dig it. I, for it. What I think, what I think would work great about it is that Welling is already established as Clark Kent slash Superman at this point on the CW and within yeah. television. Um, plus, since Warner Brothers slash DC has made their intentions clear that the DC cinematic universe is not crossing into yep. the television universe this gives you an opportunity to have superman and not have to worry about referencing the big guy from metropolis or what have you yeah. like you can actually just have superman or supergirl is still gonna have to be doing that all the time they didn't didn't they say the name of the pilot i think they did. i think they did at least once i think that's like they got one and then after that you had to pay you know like 1995 for each edition yeah only the first one was free yep oh. um <laughs> So yeah, I, I really want to see this too. Like, don't get me wrong, there are a lot of problems with it, but uh, I think it'd be interesting. And I really like Matt said too. I really, really like Tom Welling as uh, Clark Clark Kent slash Superman. And although I I love the Smallville run and and you know seeing sort of the uh, little kid Clark, I want to see the grown up Superman Tom Welling. Like that that to me it would be worth it if nothing else for that the only problem or the biggest problem i see is a, a continuity one within the flash and arrow universe which is they'd they'd have to do some you know like messing with time shenanigans which i guess there's no problem with them doing that they could just say that smallville just ended in the continuity of the flash and arrow well we kind of have the legends of tomorrow with any time travel yeah, there's magic a good that needs too. to be. It, they they could really just use that as the 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 Deus Ex Machina. The, well, they're definitely going to figure out a way to make it happen if if somehow they couldn't. Yeah. Like the biggest barrier I see it to it being actually a thing is that uh, I'm not sure they're going to let the the big three anywhere near the TV universe at this point. You don't think? You don't, you don't think the the Trinity isn't going to be? I'd be really surprised. The Trinity for the uninitiated is, of course, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Um, yeah, but we can hope. And if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, you know, whatever. I mean, I think we've still got Green Lantern that, that they've been hitting at for a while now. We talked about that last week. and Yeah, so. that, that's the one that I'm really... Like, that one, I think, is a, a reasonably realistic uh, um, chance of seeing happen in the show, and I'm really super excited for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, also, speaking of Legends of Tomorrow, uh, we've cast Hawkman now. Well, not we. Maddie and I actually have very little to do with casting, if anything at all. Really? Um, He's dead, Jim. (laughs) Chrome, however, appears to be upset about that. There we go. Um, So, did Chrome just throw out a line from Bones at me? Yeah. Oh, a Star Trek line? never seen that before? No. Yeah, uh, that's one of the things I appreciate about Google's shit. Like, their errors are usually at least somewhat entertaining, even though they're basically, you know, putting... A little bit of icing on the fact that your shit's broke. Um, so Hawkman, uh, I know nothing of Hawkman, really. My experience with Hawkgirl probably falls to any of the Justice League or Justice League Unlimited animated universe TV shows as well. So yeah, so Hawkman um, and Hawkwoman are a couple people, you know, from a different planet. They fly. Yeah, they got wings and shit. They've got some some special metal yeah. that gives them. Stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not a very good comic book fan when it comes to things like Hawkman. I I want to say that my experience with Hawkman is that they are from the planet Thanagar. Yep, know that much. Um, but there's also like I don't know when they're from the planet Thanagar. 
This is, I think, a little bit of element of contention, depending on which um, book you're reading, because I think that this is one of the things that has changed subtly depending on which continuity in the DC universe you're looking at. So uh, pre-crisis, there's um, sort of a backstory. Post-crisis, there's a backstory in New 52. I think it's a little bit different even still. So this one... Um, and I quote, this version of Hawkman they're going with is the original Carter Hall version, who in the comics was the latest reincarnation of Egyptian Prince Khufu, a man who is fated to re be reborn again throughout time with his soulmate Kendra, Kendra Saunders, better known as Hawk Girl, played by Ciara Renee. So yeah, uh, I, I again still know nothing. That is the extent, I, my extent of this knowledge is um, reading this Nerdist article. So. so the reincarnation part of it that I understand is that um, he and Hot Girl are actually um, reincarnated upon death and they have to find each other. And when they find each other and fall in love, they die again. That's kind of their curse is like they can never actually live happily ever after because as soon as they meet each other and fall in love, then they die. Wow, I hate Hancock even more now. <laughs> God damn it. Um, okay, go on. Anyway, so that's that's my understanding of, of how the, the curse thing works. Um, this guy looks like he could be a decent Hawkman. Um, I, I'm only, I've only ever seen one other television adaptation of Hawkman, and that was Michael Shanks. Really? What was that in? Smallville. Oh, really? Yeah, season nine, I believe. They did it at um, a Justice Society crossover. It See, was a two-hour one called... Um, what was it called? I don't remember what the name of the episode was called, but it was a two-parter. See, obviously, um, I'm not as big of a fan of Smallville as Matt is, because I have not finished the series. I think I'm midway through season six, um, and I have been for the last, like, four years, so... You should probably fix that. Maybe. At some point. Yeah, at some point, I should. Like, that. this is the other problem, like more cool stuff to watch just keeps piling up and so i have to like prioritize all of this cool shit i could watch well see and that's the thing too is uh hawkman the michael shanks version of hawkman and the justin hartley version of green arrow actually had a couple interactions over the course of the last two seasons of smallville and they were pretty funny so um worth watching for that yeah it, it was but i honestly man i i think that i was kind of worried when they were just like well we're just gonna do hot girl because with Legends of Tomorrow or mm. whatever it is. Um, because I think the Justice League cartoon kind of did that. They were they just like, did. we just have Hot Girl because we're going to promote diversity. Yeah. And then not actually explain like where Hawkman is or anything else. I mean, I don't care if you're going to put girl superheroes in it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not an asshole. But yeah. I'm also kind of a purist when it comes to comic books. So I'm like... Why? Which is really hard to be not an asshole about feminism and, and, you know, inclusion and stuff like that, because especially the early, you know, Silver Age and before Golden Age, Silver Age, there is like as much diversity in that as there are a bag of potato chips, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they had like Wonder Woman. Yeah. That That is, I think, just about it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um. Hawkman, there you go. Go check out the article. Um, the More importantly, check out Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. Which I think hits October. Which is interesting to me because they really haven't hit on that at all in any of the trailers, which makes sense because they hadn't even cast the actor yet, but I wonder how he's going to fit into that story. Actually, yeah, go check out this article from the Nerdist because it does actually kind of explain quite a bit about the differences in origins of Hawkman and Hawkgirl, depending on which continuity you're going by. 
Uh, I'm not going to get into it entirely at this point, but uh, it's probably worth reading just so you kind of know what the fuck's up. This is kind of an interesting thing to me that's a complete aside and nowhere near the show notes, but um, so Marvel. Marvel lately has kind of been going into their, um, um, you know, sort of back catalog a little bit. Like we were seeing an Ant-Man movie, which I, again, previous to hearing there was going to be an Ant-Man movie, had no idea what that was about. Right. Ditto for Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and now I think we're seeing that a little bit with DC as well. However, we're seeing it on the small screen. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on on the small screen, uh, DC, and you know, whatever the reason is, maybe it's because the uh, DC won't allow its major properties to be used on the small screen or whatever, but it, it seems to be a, a similar dichotomy. Like they're, they're uh, starting to dig into the back catalog a little bit and sort of acknowledge being a, a comic book company, which I like. Yeah. Um, that's that's kind of one of the things that I really dig about Smallville is as much as they couldn't have Batman because of rights issues and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Smallville to me, I think, kind of set the stage for what a comic book based TV show could be. Not non cartoon, non animated. Um, I'll give you that, especially at the time it came out. Smallville was really the only. Yeah, two thousand, I think, is or what one it, of the, one of if if not the only, certainly one of the only comic book TV idea movies show things coming out. I mean, we had a '90s version of the Flash, which I mean that lasted all of a season, and it you know hey at least ships getting some paychecks for appearing in the flash yeah. now as the dad <laughs> but yeah. um you know and i didn't hate that show either it was just i mean production quality wasn't quite ready and i don't honestly think the audience at large was ready yet either yeah so um anyway we got a little bit more dc stuff going on we got new uh photos uh from batman v superman uh, which, which are actually pretty badass yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say about this other than that I I any doubt about uh, Ben Affleck as Batman again completely obliterated in my mind. Like Ben Affleck is Batman. Yeah, no, I get on board because he looks fucking dope. I'm excited to see uh, Benny as uh, as Bruce. Almost more excited to see Irons as Alfred. Yeah, I, I'll give it that one a little bit too. That's a wild card, and I do really like this picture because you get to see Clark. Like you don't really get to see Clark much in, um, as in the classic Clark Kent uh, reporter Clark. You don't really get to see that in Man of Steel at all. So that that is kind of a neat little right. Yeah, like previous Superman stories that we've always uh, you know been told before was Superman grows up as Clark Kent, moves away from Smallville, goes to Metropolis, and gets a job as a reporter, and that stuff all kind of happens. Yep. As he's becoming Superman. With, with the notable exception of Smallville, of course. Right. Yeah. Well, no, he actually did go. At and, some point, I'm yeah. sure, but I'm in, like I said, season six, and there's, I, I think it was a joke in one of the last episodes I watched that he wasn't a, like, you should be a reporter. Yeah, no, he does that. Yeah. But. Then he's like, ah, oh, maybe. Um, All right, fine. Yeah, but I mean, uh, with the Man of Steel universe, though, like, we definitely didn't see that. Like, he was, mm-hmm. you know, working on a fishing boat and doing whatever else, and then, you know, saving Which, people from a burning oil rig. And Don't get me wrong, totally cool direction, I thought, to go yeah. with it. Like, that was the least part of my problem with that movie, if there was, you know, if we're going to talk about it that week. But, uh, the, yeah, looks really cool in this one. No, really Just excited to see Clark. Clark as Clark um, in this one. Um, and then... Uh, just another couple of cool shots of Affleck, um, and then of of Henry Cavill giving Batman the stare down. Which, honestly, I don't know that I'd be intimidated by that stare down either, especially if I was fucking Batman. 
See, I was just gonna say I would unless I was Batman, and then as we've seen in the previous the the previous trailer, he just it ain't a thing for Batman. He so they did a couple things right with this shot, and anybody that goes on on the website with the link that we're posting and, and checks out this picture is gonna know what I'm talking about. They they kind of did the Superman curl thing right there a little yeah, bit, yeah, like that, uh, which I dig. But the look on his face just says who farted. Yeah. To me, it doesn't say I'm angry and I'm going to tear you in half like I just did your car. <laughs> so see, but there's not a lot of um, you don't get to see Superman angry very often. No, and plus I have the luxury of sitting here and staring at this photograph yeah. that is forever going to be on the internet somewhere. Yeah, and it's so. a photograph. Like uh, obviously, it's going to be in a movie, so we'll see how it shoots when it you know actually has some motion to it. But I'm sure it's fine. I'm just being an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we I do. do that sometimes. Okay. Um, any more DC stuff before we move on? Uh, well, yeah, we've got some quasi news. Quasi, quasi DC stuff. So let's talk about um, Suicide Squad. Well, actually, let's talk about because this is a quick one. Green Arrow. Well, we'll see. Um, the Green Arrow. I uh, make it quick. Stephen Amell uh, has been going back and forth, and there have been some rumors about him appearing on the WWE, perhaps in a match. I believe he's actually done some appearances on the WWE thus far. However, not in the ring. Um, All right, so appearances would put it lightly. Um, he has been a lifelong WWE fan, WWF, for anybody that was watching it post-2002. Uh, yeah. Um, or pre-2002, I'm sorry. So, basically, um, he's been a fan a long time. Uh, there was a period of time where uh, the flagship show for WWE Monday Night Raw um, was doing a series of guest spots every week. They would have a guest host come on um, and be a celebrity or what have you. Um, he actively lobbied uh, to be a guest host. I don't think he was ever actually selected to do it um, <laughs> because I don't think he was actually doing anything important at the time when they were doing that. <laughs> they were just like, oh, Stephen Mill. Who, Who the that? fuck are you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, they might have been doing the guest host thing when the first uh, season of, of Arrow was on, but I, I I wouldn't put money on it. And and the first season of Arrow, Amel was still, you know, putting it politely, basically a nobody. Um, yeah, but so there's there's a couple characters um, that have been around uh, WWE for a while. Goldust has been around since the '90s, um, which is actually the um, one of the older sons of uh, recently deceased wrestler Dusty Rhodes. Um, and then his little brother, Cody. And uh, Cody decided that he was going to kind of follow in Big Brother's footsteps, and he is portraying a character currently called Stardust. Mm. Um, they just kind of work a little wacko. But um, one of the shows a couple months ago, Amel was actually in the audience, uh, you know, floor seats kind of by the by the barrier and stuff, and he had a, a pretty decent uh, nonverbal confrontation with Stardust. And ever since then, Stardust slash Cody Rhodes has been calling him out on social media, uh, notably Twitter. Yeah. And there's speculation now that Amel may come in and work a match with Stardust at SummerSlam. Um, but I've heard a couple different things. I've heard that Amel and Sting may tag up in a match against Stardust and somebody else uh, for SummerSlam. Um, haven't necessarily heard that it would be a singles match because I Amel's not a wrestler and I don't know that he has the, the the ring experience, so to speak, to... See, I don't know that that's true either. Um, well, first off, I'm pretty positive Amel does not have the ring experience. Um, <laughs> 
What I would love to see is that basically the entirety of the offseason, Amel, and there's a picture of him floating around with Jared Padalecki, um, who's... Uh, Sam. Sam from uh, Supernatural. It's on, I saw it on Instagram the other day. Amel is fucking huge these days. Yeah, he's ripped. Yeah. Uh, like, he's never been in bad shape, and he's, you know, been busting the salmon ladder for, like, three seasons and shit like that. But he looked, like, intimidating. And so, one of the things, that, the first things that I thought is, oh, he's training to do the WWE. Because he's still going to be a little guy, even looking like he does in that particular picture on the WWE. So, um, that was my first thought. And my second thought was, he's a very athletic dude. Like, uh... I could see him getting in, uh, together enough to do a well-planned, well-choreographed match um, for an event. Yeah, I don't not know. Not a long match. It's not going to be like... No, uh, it couldn't be long, and I don't know that... The reason I think the tag match would work better um, would just because... It would be because you, you could get, actually get a couple guys in the ring that actually do wrestle for a living. Oh, no. I, um, you're probably right, I'm Please sure. take it lightly when I use the term wrestling. Um, I call it pro wrestling because that's what it was when I grew up don't like the term sports entertainment i understand that the outcome is predetermined um but i take nothing away from the athleticism of the people that are in it amel being in shape absolutely he's in great physical shape i don't know about the cardio because it takes a lot out of you to run across that that 20 by 20 squared circle as many times as those guys do and it's like running wind sprints and it's hard see now i'm i'm comfortable from the physical aspect of things like i think amel can pull it off like the, the question mark for me, and I, I think there's too much smoke that there's got to be some fire at this point. The question mark for me was whether or not the, uh, WWE would do the deal and actually have him on the in the ring. Oh. Like I could see, I could see some, uh, you know, like WWE's done this kind of shit before with celebrities where they kind of come out and get pimp slapped and then that's the, the end of it or something like that. Or they come out and they say, well, I'm not going to fight, but here's Kane and Kane comes out and wrecks shit. But, um, well, here's, here's kind of what I think. Um, that it, it could work. And another reason that lends credibility to the tag match scenario is in addition to the interaction with Stardust, he also um, ran into Sting at a, at a Comic-Con. Mm. They were both doing an appearance there. And he posted pictures of himself with Sting on social media that, uh, you know, kind of headed at, look, it's a vigilante and a vigilante, you know, yeah. kind of a thing. Um, Sting was used in a match at WrestleMania for the first time ever in a WWE ring. Um, he'd, he'd never wrestled for the company before that. How has, so, has Sting been gone for that long? Sorry, uh, a bit of an aside, but has Sting been gone for that long? WCW hasn't been around for like 10 years, has it? WCW was purchased in 2001. Yeah. And Sting was wrestling for TNA Impact Wrestling oh. for a while, um, which kind of rose up from the ashes of WCW, but not quite. Um, in fact, they are more than likely, as of this recording, losing their TV deal in September, and they don't have any track on a new one. Gotcha. So, who knows? Um, but he recently signed with them um, in, the, in the past year, specifically to come back and do WrestleMania, um, because he... And quite honestly, Sting has been in the business for long enough. He deserved his one, at least one WrestleMania moment. Yeah. Um, which he, he got. But he was talked, he had talked briefly after that about possibly doing other matches after that, um, because it went well. Um, so it would be kind of cool. It'd be a good way to bring Sting back into the fold and give him a match where he doesn't have to carry the match, being as he's not actually a wrestler. So. Um, and don't get me wrong, I'm not taking anything away from that guy athletically because I think if wrestling's a hard business and you have to learn how to do it, 
Oh, and yeah. I don't know that there's time for him to learn all, you know, it's, it's not something that you can just learn in school either. Like even guys that come up from the training camps and, uh, the performance center that they have now, they still have to kind of go out there and, and get their chops busted a couple times before they really there's, figure it out. Th- this is one of the things too, that like, as I've gone grown up and stuff like that, there's been a very a variety of, um, sort of my own personal opinion on uh, WWE and, and pro wrestling in general. And, you know, you go from, Oh, it's fake and it doesn't matter to, uh, now where I'm currently at is those dudes are basically amazing actors, especially the ones that you see have hit it big. Like uh, The Rock, for example, can kind of show he can he he's doing a lot of things off the cuff and can control the crowd and and be this amazingly charismatic dude. Um, and B, the athleticism involved is insane. Like especially because these guys are fucking huge. Like one of the things that I've noticed growing up is that um, when I was a kid, especially when I was younger, I used to be able to do a lot more things athletically than I could do now. Like I used to be able to do front flips and handsprings and shit like that. And I wouldn't even bother trying that now because I'd be too afraid I'm going to fall on my face because just, you know, I'm bigger dude now. Um, so, uh, for, you know, a guy, my size, six, two, six, four, six, five, when two fifty, two sixty, two seventy, rock solid muscle, like to do, do the kind of shit they're doing in the ring every night is just insane. Um, so yeah, I, I, think you're right Amel and I, I said earlier you know Amel is a super athletic dude and I think he could pull off a decent match I think I still stand by that you know I, I don't think I'm going to see like a reincarnation of Rey Mysterio like he's not going to come out there and do it <laughs> like uh, I think they have different body types for one but yeah, yeah. Um, he's not going to be coming out doing that type of shit but you know I think he could put up a decent match but you're probably right too like I, I do every every instance I think I can remember like this in the WWE is usually accompanied um, by other wrestlers and stuff like that because, to take away from the fact uh, or maybe to um, you know make it less obvious to the crowd that the guy's not really actually a pro wrestler well and and then the other thing that you have going to is the fact that uh, pro wrestlers and and this is still sort of true not as much as it was you know back in the um, 60s 70s 80s kind of a thing but they're kind of a fraternity and it was yeah. a big deal when they brought Mr. T in to do the first WrestleMania, um, my understanding is, is Roddy Piper, who also just passed uh, this week, uh, sadly, Roddy Piper was not happy about having a non-wrestler come in to It'd work a match. Anything. In fact, Roddy Piper was going to kill him. <laughs> and, like, it was... It was not a good scene, a good scene backstage. Um, and I'm not saying they're not near that. And then I, I, Amel's life is not a danger at this point. Um, but it's a little bit of a different business these days. It's kind of disconcerting for a wrestler to try and work a match with somebody who's not a wrestler because you have to be able to trust that guy to not actually hurt you. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's the one, the one piece that makes me think that this, if it does happen, will be in a tag match scenario. Amel will get time in the ring. He'll probably take some bumps. Um, maybe even give a few because hell they've let Snoop Dogg throw guys out of the ring and Snoop Dogg cannot throw guys out of a ring. So <laughs> they've let Snoop God, uh, you know, politely push and the other guys jump out of the ring. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, anyway, that is what it is. Um, we'll see if it happens. I'm looking forward to it if it does because I'm going to watch SummerSlam. Yeah. Um, I so. might watch this one too just because, uh, there's a little bit too, too much nerd in me to not let that go. Yeah. Um, so which brings me, and I, I don't think we're going to talk very long because Matt didn't watch it yet and it's really kind of a long video. Um, but Alan Tudyk, uh, uh, hosted a panel with Stephen Amell. Um, and when I say panel, I mean, it's just Alan and Stephen and Stephen takes mostly a bunch of audience questions. And I do believe there is a hint in this direction 
uh, um, or they, the question comes up and Steven not slow, not so slyly dodges. So, um, yeah, that was really where I was kind of like, oh yeah, they're probably definitely going to do this thing. Um, but there's a lot of fun stuff in the video. There's a lot of funny Stevens from, or funny stories from Steven. And again, like I said, everything I've ever seen from him on social media or anywhere else leads me to believe he's a pretty cool guy. Not so, actually going to shoot you. Oh, yeah, I was just watching. I was like, oh, what did I fuck up? No. Matt's, hold, Matt's holding the dart gun, so I'm sitting back here like, oh, damn it. What did I say? Did I say uh, Grant Grant Gustin's so, going to wrestle or whatever? Please, please um, don't feel like you need to hold anything back for sake of spoilers for me. Um, what did they hint at? And what it, you- wasn't, it wasn't really specifically a hint. It was sor- sort of somebody, I think, in the crowd asked him something along the lines of, so are we going to see you fight uh, Stardust? And he kind of was like, Next question, you know, like, <laughs> it, 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 okay. and, and then, uh, and even more, he gave it, I can't remember the exact how he did it, but there was, he gave it a little bit away. Like it was like a, yeah, probably like d- didn't really go into depth about it, but it seems reasonably likely that's going to happen. But anyway, we should find out in a week or two what's going to happen because WWE is going to want at least a week or two before the event to announce and hype it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think it's, I think it's highly likely at this point we're going to see ML involved in the WWE, um, come SummerSlam. So as we record this, it is actually Monday night and Monday night raw is over and I just haven't watched it. So they could have, they could have already promoted it at this point. Yeah. We'll tweet something if that happens and then we'll probably talk about it on the next show. But anyway, watch the video. It's pretty cool. If you like ML, um, or if you don't like ML, but you like Arrow or if you like the Flash Arrow universe in general, um, there's some fun stuff in there. So, um, plus Alan Tudyk, there's a couple of good Firefly jokes in there for you brown coats. Uh, watch it. Yeah. Right on. Um, and so the last piece of DC business then, Suicide Squad. Yeah. We have, we have a fan theory on why this Joker is a tatted up grill wearing mofo. So this fan theory first appeared on Reddit, which I'm afraid I don't have a link handy for, but I believe it's in the Nerdist link that we linked to in the show notes, or we'll be linking to in the show notes. Um, the the theory is essentially that the re- the reason we're seeing a a uh, sort of um, childlike social defect Joker is that uh, it's actually Jason Todd. Um, so I think I might have glossed over a little bit last week. So definitely in the Batman trailer, or sorry, I should the Batman trailer that should give you a hint about the direction of this movie. But the Man of Steel: Dawn of Justice trailer we saw last week or the week before, we saw a Robin suit um, with Joker's tag all over it. Uh, ha ha ha! You know something along those lines, um, sort of indicating. And I think we talked at length about it at the time that, that we might be going the Jason Todd route. Like maybe the they, uh, the Joker in this uh, series killed Jason Todd and that's why Batman hung up the cape so the fan theory is the Joker we're seeing the reason he looks all fucked up and kind of dumb and looks a little bit like a kid who's you know trying to fight his parents a little too hard is because he is because he's Jason Todd um and uh from there there we go there's there's a couple things that kind of led credence to the the theory um one he's got what looks to be bird wings tattooed um on one of his arms yep like, uh, uh, say, a certain Robin. Right. Robin. Yeah. Uh, the other is the J that's tattooed on his face, I believe, um, is is supposed to be, um, according to this fan theory, kind of a subtle reminder that, hey, I'm Jason Todd. Yep. Um, and then um, the other piece of it that kind of has a little bit of credibility from a comic book uh, standpoint is uh, Jason Todd did come back um, as a 
form of the Joker in the Red Hood. Yeah. Um, so before the before the Joker was the Joker in, in certain continuities, uh, he was actually a um, a villainous gang leader called the Red Hood because his gang all wore red hoods. Yeah. His was more like a red bucket, but, you know. It was a sweet bucket, though. It was a pretty sweet bucket. Um, um, so, yeah, a couple different things that, that lead us to... I mean, we don't want to say that, yes, this is happening, um, but... It wouldn't surprise me at this point if it did go that direction, and I almost wouldn't hate it. No, I actually, I, I'm going to go even further and say I think that'd be a really neat direction for them to go. Like, I think that it would be interesting because that would be definitely a different Joker than we've ever seen on screen. And it gives them the, it, it gives them the plot hole to make him not really the Joker. Yeah. And, and theoretically, I mean, like, who killed jason todd or who in this you know what caused him to become um this joker if we're seeing that so um yeah i i, I like this theory i think it'd be really cool so yeah i don't know that i have a lot more there's there's also a video clip at the bottom of this article of <clears throat> uh, margot robbie wearing a uh hooden necklace which once again I, I have a hard time seeing how margot's not going to steal the show here um uh, I'm, no, I'm, already, I'm, I'm not arguing against it. She's already know. sold me my ticket. Yeah. Because I wasn't going to probably go see this in the theater. And then I... No, I was almost completely uninterested. Um, especially because the the initial initial um, casting, I didn't really buy her as Harley. But every everything I've seen since is like, oh, yeah, no, that's totally fine. Totally good. They're doing fine. And this isn't in the notes either, but I'm going to segue a little bit. Um, there's on the on the sidebar of the Nerdist page here. There's actually a X Men Apocalypse uh, little article here, which I'm not going to click on to read. Um, but one of the uh, pictures is is Psylocke, yeah. which is what's her face? Uh, God, I don't know. Can't remember. Mun. Oh, Olivia Mun. Olivia yeah. Mun. Um, we talked about that on our show. God damn it. Yeah, who looks like she has dove into this role head first man like yeah. i'm never really seen her in much of anything um but i mean she has posted videos on her twitter of her sword fighting um doing all sorts of funky things um she's dyed her hair purple legitimately nice. uh, to kind of go along with it so um it looks like this is a role that she actually really cares about doing so um definitely I was already going to see X-Men Apocalypse anyway, but it kind of makes me really excited because I, Psylocke's always been one of my favorite Yeah, characters. and I think, quite honestly, in one of the the previous episodes that we talked about this, I was kind of down on Olivia Munn, so... I don't know if you were down on her as much as you just weren't sold on her yet. Well, that could be the thing, too. Like, um, I, I've still never really seen anything that Olivia Munn's been in where I've been convinced she's an actress, so... Um, Looking forward to the movie. I, I mean, I'm going to see the movie either way. As long as she does, you know, passively well, I'm sure it'll be fine. So you're not you're not like putting her in like Megan Fox class of non actresses, mm, right? No, not far from at least from <laughs> what I've seen. But no, it seems like she she can actually act at least a little bit. All right. Uh, so that I think about wraps our DC news for the week. We've got a couple of. Marvel news is uh, so the first one. Let's let's tackle Gambit. Yeah. So um, earlier in the week, it was reported that Channing Tatum was probably walking away from the role. Um, and then ten seconds later, it turns out looks like looks not. like he's he's finalized his talks and is now going to be Remy LeBeau. Yeah. So what do we think about Gambit? Yeah. Um. Or uh, Channing is Gambit. I don't know, man. Um, he doesn't have what I would consider the look to be Gambit, like. 
but I don't know why. Facial wise, um, yeah. somebody actually was talking about this on one of the threads I was reading. Facial wise, he looks fine to me. I think he he's just fine as Gambit, uh, but he's a big guy. He's and kind of a big guy. Remy LeBeau was not a big dude. No, Gambit's typically portrayed as being, um, I'd, I'd say, tall but lanky. Like yeah, kind of lanky. Um, like six hundred, six six two or something like that, but one hundred and fifty pounds. Like really vaults himself around with that bow staff quite a bit. Yeah, and not not something that's easily lent to a big dude. Yeah. Um. But, so I have mixed feelings about it because no matter what I feel about how Channing Tatum may portray Gambit, which I think he could probably do a pretty decent job. He's actually from the South, so he might be able to pull out that Cajun accent. That's the thing that's going to really do it for me, though. Is he's got to have he's got to be able to do the, the Cajun accent decently. I really, really, really want that to be in the movie, and if it's not, I don't know that I'll find it quite as big of a slight as Deadpool with no mouth, but it's going to be up there. The <laughs> the other the other thing about this though is that if Channing Tatum had walked away, they may have scrapped the whole movie because he was really the driving force behind getting this movie greenlit in the first place. Yeah, um, Fox actually didn't really have any designs on doing again a Gambit standalone movie. Uh, let alone even really have him appear in anything else ever since uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean... Which is a shame because Gambit's a fun character. Gambit is a really fun character. Um, it It's kind of cool, though, because they're really... It seems like they want to do it right. Um, and if it's because of, of Channing Tatum having influence on it, like I'm thankful to him for that because it looks like they actually just filed all the paperwork um, to, to actually film in Louisiana. This looks to me like an interesting um, route that movies are going with Fox these days. Like, uh, sort of Fox throwing up their hands and saying, ah, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. So, Channing, why don't you come in and steer this movie a little bit? Then the same thing, the next thing we're going to talk about probably is Deadpool. Um, The the (laughs) same exact story there. Ryan Reynolds. Fox obviously just absolutely shit the bed with what they thought that would be a good Deadpool movie or, or be a good Deadpool character. Um, and then somebody else comes in and says, no, 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 seriously, just get out of the way. You, you're you the paycheck, and we'll give you money when we're done. You know, like, and it seems to be working out brilliantly for uh, Deadpool, so. We'll yeah. Get, but what, I guess, anything else? No, I don't really have much Deadpool. to add, because it's, there's, I mean, we don't have a plot, we don't we have, have anything else. We have, we have nothing except for the fact that Channing Tatum's going to be a gambit, so. And it looks like they're going to film in New Orleans, so. Yeah. that's which to me is a sign in the right direction. Yeah. I, I want to see the Assassin's Guild and the Thieves Guild. That's what I want to see. Yeah. So, um, so um, next up, we got Deadpool. Deadpool, man. We have a trailer for a trailer. Came out this morning, um, where in, in this trailer, uh, Deadpool himself, who hosted the trailer, um, told us that there'd be a trailer tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> By the time you guys hear this, it'll already be out. Uh, and we'll, we'll tweet out the link when we, when, when we hit it. But It, it was a little painful. Or, um, it would be... A, uh, I, I guess remiss of me to just recap because it's only probably 20 it's 44 seconds long. seconds long. Yeah. Um, so I think it'd be a little remiss if we went over every little hilarious, go, perfect go detail in the thing. Just go watch the thing. And, and I'm sure it's going to make you feel pretty good about the Deadpool movie. And this is, this is going to lend credence to Eddie's point that Fox really has kind of just thrown its hands up in the air and was like, you know what? Just do what you want. Make it a good, good movie. Because yeah. in the this is trailer spoilers, for the trailer, this is, this is a spoiler. Uh, he literally says, brought to you by the same studio that for some inexplicable reason sewed my fucking mouth shut. Exactly. So, um, yeah, uh, just again, like calls Fox out onto the carpet for possibly the stupidest thing they could have done within that X-Men Origins Wolverine movie 
and gets away with it. I think this is kind of like the Simpsons maneuver. Like, I don't know how that exactly works with Fox, but, you know, Fox has been a running joke on the Simpsons since the inception of the Simpsons, essentially. Right. Yeah. So, um, it, it gives me hope for the movie, at least, if nothing else, because the Deadpool we're seeing here is clearly Deadpool. Much better, uh, um, version of Deadpool than we've ever seen anywhere else on the small screen. I'm so. super fucking stoked for this movie. Yeah, and me too. Like, this movie, the way it's looking right now, based on the um, leaked handicam version of the trailer that, that we linked uh, a couple weeks ago. This movie is aiming at a hard R rating. Like, they're not looking to put asses in the seats. They're looking to put comic book fans in the seats, and mine's going to be there. Yeah, totally. Mine's so. going to be there, and I think that this is not a bad direction for them because, A, I know a lot of people look to me for shit like this. Like, one of the common things that I got after I went and saw Ant-Man was, should I go see the movie? Um, which the answer is yes. If you haven't seen Ant-Man yet, go see it. It's, it's fine. Like, it's not my top favorite movie or anything like that, but it's definitely $8 well spent. Um, but I got a lot of this after Ant-Man and I expect that I'm going to see a lot more when Deadpool comes out. I expect that first off, the trailer is going to probably intrigue some people once they come out with a, a, a t- uh, trailer that's suitable for TV. But I expect that I'm going to hear a lot in the le- weeks leading up of who the hell is Deadpool, number one. And then once I see it, okay, can I go see it now? Um, or should I go see it? And, and my hope is that I get to tell everybody, oh yes, absolutely. It's the best comic book movie of the year or something like that. But yeah, um, go, go, go watch the trailer, the trailers, trailer, the trailers, trailer, then go have yourself a chimichanga. Yeah. Then watch the regular trailer followed by another chimichanga and then wait for the movie. Yep, pretty much. That's all I'm saying. A lot of chimichangas actually before the movie. A lot of chimichangas. Um, that's almost it. We got one last piece to cover that has nothing to do um, with DC or Marvel. Well, sort of Marvel because you know Star Wars. Is all yeah, over if we talk about like who owns whom. Yeah, cousin to the Marvel universe these days, which is a weird fucking sentence. But anyway, yeah, Star Wars. Star Wars. Um, this isn't huge news, and we're not going to spend a ton of time covering it. Um, but. For those of you that like watching movies on obscenely large screens, uh, it looks like they've actually shot some of the footage uh, for the new Star Wars movie um, on 70mm IMAX, um, which they are only going to deliver prints of two theater screens that um, are full-size, actual, eight-story tall IMAX screens. Uh, the other IMAX screens will get it, but it's going to be the uh, just a digital print. Their digital version of the movie. It's not going to be the 70 millimeter print with the added footage at the top and bottom of the screen, all that good stuff. Which uh, we've already agreed. If there's none that come out in Oregon, I think we're going to have to road trip this one. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to see it in every available format. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, so if nothing else, go take a look at the shots that are posted on the link in the show notes because uh, they're amazing. Like, yeah, yeah. There's stuff we've seen from the trailer, but a the stuff in the trailer is is awesome, just absolutely great. Um, but b it shows you the difference between what IMAX looks like and what uh, the standard, um, you know, widescreen movies sixteen by nine probably are used to seeing is, and uh, the difference is pretty noticeable. So yeah, and there there's another piece we're going to talk about because Eddie did actually want to cover a particular subject, um, which we're going to lead into using Star Wars. Um, while we were recording, because we kind of started talking about it a little bit before uh, we hit that record button, yeah, and uh, and he said, "No, you know what? Stop. Let's 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 do it on the show." So, um, one of the things that it mentions in the article is that they are planning on doing a 3D 
um, version of this print, um, essentially by running two prints simultaneously, um, so that it, it gives you the 3D effect. Um, Eddie has not been completely sold on 3D. I, honestly, I'm not completely sold on it. Um, I did see Jurassic World in 3D because I, I took the kids and they wanted to see it in 3D, and that's what they were playing here in town. Actually, I'll go a little further and say I'm actively kind of against 3D for my own personal movie viewing because um, I don't... A, there's two problems. One is, unless the movie is explicitly shot with 3D in mind, like something like Avatar, it really shows up on the screen to me. And B, I have a really hard vision time with um, 3D. Like, I, I have to focus a lot to actually see the 3D and actually be in the movie um, rather than just watching the movie and letting myself experience it. So I find 3D distracting is the biggest problem. So Do you, do you think that's because of the um, the passive 3D format that we use with the non-active glasses and all that kind of stuff? I don't know. Could have, be. You, have you I watched, mean, have you watched the, it with the battery-operated ones and everything? Uh, the last movie I watched was... No. Actually, I'm going to just say no. I'm sure I have not. I have neither. I don't have one. I have a 3D TV, but it's just... It's, I mean, I could, I could bring 3D glasses home to the theater and watch with them. Yeah, no, the... Um, Last 3D movie, I can't remember it. I know I, I've seen Avatar, and there was one other one that I think my son wanted to go to, so we watched in 3D, and I honestly can't remember what that movie was. So I've seen a few. Um, there's, I'm I'm not sold on 3D. I okay, so Green Lantern I saw in 3D, which is probably why I didn't hate that movie the first time because it was really pretty in 3D. Hmm. Um, you I know the constructs, that. things like that. They 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 went really well. I bought the Blu-ray in 3D when it came out. And uh, I think I've watched it once. Because, <laughs> I mean, I've seen the movie a whole bunch of times now, and I hate it every, like, a little bit more every time I watch it. Yeah. So. Um, it's kind of like eating shitty pizza because there's no other pizza available. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on 3D. It doesn't have to happen to me. And if I have the option of going to a movie and watching it either in 3D or non-3D, I always just go to the non-3D ones. Same. Um but, I mean, I also don't completely hate the technology. I kind of, I enjoy watching my kids watch movies in 3D mm-hmm. uh, because my 11-year-old still has a tendency to try and, like, reach out sometimes, even <laughs> though, like, she's 11 and she completely gets it. But she gets kind of lost in it. And so that's kind of neat. See, and if you are that type of person, if you've seen 3D movies and you do get lost in them like that, then by all means, enjoy what you enjoy. But I absolutely don't. For me, it's just a distracting experience. That said... uh like Matt was saying earlier, I'm going to probably see this movie in every available format unless I see it the first time and it's absolutely dog shit, which I really don't think is going to happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah I'm, I mean, I'm if it's even passable, point. I'm pretty sure I'm going to end up seeing it in like every three, four, like if they come out with like it on an old school uh, Mickey Mouse viewfinder, I'm going to watch that, you know, one click at a time. But uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Don't, I'm, I'm not a big fan of 3D. Yeah. And people. I don't normally go on a soapbox and and advocate for, you know, anything. But digital piracy is a big thing right now. Um, and whatever. I don't care for the most part. Because mm-hmm. whatever. Um, in fact, I think I've actively advocated for pirated music because I hate music studios so much. Um, <laughs> Actually, the, the thing I was listening to earlier today was a podcast talking about how um, they were talking, I think, because it was an Apple-centric podcast talking about the Mac App Store, and they were saying, I go to the Mac App Store, and if it's not there, then I have to go search the internet. If I can't find it immediately on the internet, then what do I do? Okay, well, the, the, to me, this was just, like, the biggest screaming argument for uh, especially TV and movie piracy, like, ever, because that's your exact experience anytime you try to go watch a new movie digitally online somewhere. 
I'll go check Netflix. Nope. I'll go check Amazon. Nope. Maybe it's on Hulu. Nope. Okay, now let's play the whack-a-mole game of guess where the fuck this movie is actually legal to watch, if it even is. Yeah. You know where it's always at? You know where it's always at, everyone ever? The Pirate Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, but don't watch Star Wars like that. No. Um, in, in fact, I mean, like, when it... Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, Star Wars, Deadpool. These are all movies that watching somebody else sit in a movie theater with an illegal camcorder or cell phone or whatever the fuck they're using to videotape. I use the word videotape because I'm old. <laughs> um, it's just going to take away from your experience. You're not going to have a good time watching it. So, See, uh, for me, one of the things that I've noticed, especially is on these big movies, when you go, in, especially in the early run, first week or so, it is an experience. Like, if you've never had an experience in the movie theater where everybody claps at a certain moment, or you can't hear everybody in the theater gasp at something, like, you gotta try it. You gotta give it a shot. Because that, to me, is a big, uh, fun thing. You know, don't get me wrong, I'm not also a huge proponent of the theaters for a lot of things, because... As fun as it is to hear those sorts of reaction, listening to somebody yell at the screen or somebody screaming kid or see the cell phone pop up 32 times during the movie, it is annoying as all hell. Um, but yeah, I, I still love the theater. I hate people as a general rule. Yeah. And so when you put me in a building with a lot of them, I don't really have a good time a lot of the time. But um, I, I will take everything that I just said about people though and I will say that my last several experiences at the movie theater have been completely different um, I went and saw I don't know what it was must have been good was it Avengers? maybe, Avengers was probably one of the last big ones I think it was the Avengers um, I went and saw Age of Ultron yeah it was Age of, Age of Ultron yeah. um, and I went and saw it in a college town and like we get there well ahead of everybody else and we were there for like a four o'clock matinee and the movie had been out for uh like five days or something at that point. So like there wasn't gonna be like a giant Huge giant crowd. rush yeah. at that time of the day. Um what did happen though is we got our seats perfectly in the middle. There was nobody else in the theater really when we got there, so we sat down and then like an entire fraternity came in. And quite honestly, I was already geared up to be pissed off through most of that movie. <laughs> And they were some of the most respectful moviegoers I've ever seen. Like, they, like, it It must have been whatever fraternity the nerds were in, in Revenge of the Nerds, because <laughs> they were genuinely there to watch that movie. Like a Jehovah's Witness uh, arm of the fraternal system. Yeah. yeah, like, they didn't offer to, like, help me move or anything after, but, um, <laughs> no, it, I, I'm, I just, I just wanted to say that because... Especially with movies like Star Wars, like when you go see Star Wars, yeah, I mean, there's gonna be some jackasses in there sometimes, but yeah, every Star Wars movie I've ever the I've seen in the theaters, which is all of them at this point, um, except for I've only gotten to see the prequel trilogy, and it haunts me to this day. I was high school age when they did the re-release. Oh, see, no, so I got wrong. to I got to watch the original ones too. Um, there's been people like hooting and hollering in there, but like it's in good fun. Like especially like when you see. Like Han Solo, like, you know, having to beat on the Millennium Falcon before the hyperdrive kicks in, and then it does, and they jet out, and, like, everybody's like, oh, man, they, they got away. Like, there's dudes in the audience that are like, woohoo, you <laughs> yeah. know, like, and that's... I actually like that in yeah. those occasions. Like, that that is fun to me. It, it just drives me nuts when uh, 
it's mostly cell phone probably cell phone and kids like every time i see a kid in a theater that's not a kid movie like don't get me wrong if you go to see finding nemo 2 or whatever and you bring your kids and they're little assholes about it like that's to be expected you're going to see a kids movie yeah but when you take them to something like this and and um the kids are all loud and obnoxious that drives me nuts like to the point where i see kids sit down in the movie and i'm like oh god no please don't like just just I'm with you. I take my kids to a lot of movies that aren't like necessarily kids movies, but I also hit them if they get out of line. So, um, so that's the ASPC now or ASPCA, <laughs> whatever arm of. I hit them in a way that's completely compliant with all with local all and local and federal <laughs> regulations. No, um, get back in bed. My kids are well behaved. Um, I don't actually have to hit them anymore. I'm, you know, but like they like we took I took them to see Jurassic World, and honestly. Um, the uh, the my my middle child is nine, and she probably I don't know maybe shouldn't have been there, but she had a good time. Yeah, my 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 kids are both fine for everybody else watching the movie, as long as you don't mind that my son is going to have to invariably go to the bathroom nineteen times. Your wife has to go to the bathroom during movies. He too, doesn't though. though. He just gets bored, and so he's like, "Oh, I need to go to the bathroom so we can get up and do something." Huh. It drives me absolutely up the wall. So, like, when I went to see Ant-Man, like, my son's been really big into Marvel lately because, especially, he's been playing the Lego Marvel game. Um, so, he, which is super cool because the Lego Marvel game is actually a little bit underrated. Like, he keeps coming up and asking me about all, like, the really deep cuts as far as Marvel car- characters go. Dude, there's a ton. Yeah. There's an amazing amount of uh, Marvel characters in that game. Um, but my wife was like, well, you're going to take him to Ant-Man, right? And I was like, no, because I actually want to see the damn thing. I'll take him to the second showing of Ant-Man or something like that. But the first time, no, I'm going by myself because he absolutely cannot sit and watch a movie. And then his wife informed him that there was going to be no second view in Batman. Yeah. Well, <laughs> to be fair, the boy hasn't seen it yet, so we'll see. No. Um, but he also, he's only five, so don't get me wrong. It's not like I expect him to have much of an attention span at this point, but. I was going to take my girls to see Ant-Man, but then um, I'm broke. Yeah. So I haven't even taken me to see it. Uh, probably... I'm gonna. I, I'm still hoping to, to go see it because I want to. Um, I don't think I'm gonna miss anything like huge if I don't see it no, before this, it comes out on Blu-ray. But this isn't exactly one of those where I'd say you gotta go see it in the theater. Um, but it's certainly not one I would discourage either. Like this isn't one what I quite classify as like wait for the DVD or the Blu-ray for it. Um, but I also don't think that it's like a must-see in the theater type of movie. Yeah. It, speaking of not. Solid six or seven out of ten. Speaking of movies that are not must see, um, Eddie and I talked the other day, and we may may make a trip uh, over. Uh, we have a local one screen theater here in the town where I live in, um, and man, I didn't need to use the word "and" at the end of that sentence at all. So it's I okay. Redundancy is fine. No. <laughs> the town in which I live. Yeah. Um, we have a small one screen theater, and they're pretty reasonably priced. And we talked the other day about possibly going to see Fantastic Four because. Um, as much as we're only sort of interested in it, like none of our other significant others, wives, what have you, are I mean, interested kind of, at all. Yeah. Um, and so we thought it'd be kind of neat because literally the theater is two blocks from my house, so we can walk from my house to the theater, see the movie, and then we hope if if it works out well, see the movie, come right back, and then and then podcast about it. And if it um, doesn't, just do shots until we forget. Yeah, um, in fact, if the movie is total shit, we'll probably still come back and podcast about it and maybe do shots as we podcast. <laughs> it, it, it'll probably end up being like an MST3K MST3K type of... 
Like honestly, I have I have we're talking about Fantastic Four. Did we mention that? I have pretty I low. I think I said something about Fantastic Four. Yeah, I have pretty low hopes for this movie if we're being perfectly honest. I I'm not hopeful that it's going to be good at all, but yeah. there's still that little part in the back of my mind that's just like what if these guys just fucking nail it? Yeah. You know. I would love for that to happen, but like I've already, you know, heard they've done a review embargo, so like every time I hear that it's like, wow. Oh, they're they're not no no reviews pre um, release day or something like that. See, no, Fox, not show, not showing it to critics pre-release. That's, I mean, now everybody knows you got a little dick. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Right. <laughs> like, if you're not willing to shower in front of everybody, then everybody just there's a reason for it. So, <sighs> so anyway, yeah. I don't. And again, like I said, don't get me wrong. This is one of those things that I'm probably going to see regardless. But uh, you're like, we were talking about this before the show too. I watched Jupiter Ascending the other day. Uh, don't watch Jupiter. We still haven't figured out why he watched it. Yep. I kind of, kind of, not quite regret, but it's, it's not a good movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. So that might happen. Yeah. Um, you may or may not have also noticed that, uh, our social media accounts have been a little bit more active of late. Um, we do plan on keeping things like that up and we got a couple other things too, that we'll share with you in the coming weeks, um, that we're working on getting set up. So, uh, stay tuned for that. You have, Anything? Uh, not much. Uh, as usual, if you like the show, if you want us to keep producing the show, uh, we're probably going to anyway, let's be honest. But if you want us to produce the show and sound better at it um, and, and do fun things uh, as far as, you know, other than just sit around and bullshit, um, like us on iTunes. Uh, or rather, rate us on iTunes. Subscribe to the show. On iTunes. Subscribe to the show. Download uh, the show. Send a link to your friends on Twitter, Facebook, etc. Um, we're pretty much every way that matters right at the moment we're on itunes you can find us on Stitcher, facebook twitter etc um we have uh an email if you want to ask us questions or send us feedback questions at whatever.co and you can find us online at whatever.co so um it would help us out a ton if you if you do any one of those things for us especially so. if you know people that work for reebok yeah because we want we, the reebok money surprisingly we have not yet received an offer from reebok about the uh endorsements of any sort so Reebok people were waiting. Um, I want the whatever.co pump. I I think if we had, like, you know, the actual pumps on the, the tongue of the shoe, so, like, we could get better air when we're, you know... John Cena wore those for a while. Sitting in the couch uh, talking about um, Star Wars or something, yeah. John Cena wore Reebok pumps for a while. See? Like, long after they were a thing. See, Reebok? John Cena. We mentioned John Cena. By proxy, you have to give us shoes and shoe money. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good evening. All right. Go be a nerd. Bye, guys. Hey, everybody. You probably heard the music at the top of the show. We wanted to thank the band Dead Nexus for that. That uh, is the song 21 Grams of Hate off of their new album, Death's Arrival. Uh, Matt and them are friends, and Matt asked if they could use some music, and they basically gave their us their pre-release CD and said, do whatever you want with it. So we want to thank them very much, and we'll add a link to their page in the show notes. Have a good weekend.